Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hey, thanks for inviting me into your home. And believe me, I take that uh, responsibility and honor very seriously. Uh, and thanks for listening, wherever you are. You may be listening in on one of our growing list of affiliates in the U.S. I believe we are closing in on uh, about three dozen affiliates. We just added Myrtle Beach in the last couple of weeks. We're very excited uh, about that. It's an FM station, uh, which is great. You uh, you may be listening in on uh, the podcast at uh, iTunes. Uh, you can also subscribe through uh, zoomerradio.ca. Uh, it's also available at Stitcher Radio, TalkZone.com, and of course, uh, through our very own app, the Conspiracy Show app, which is now available at uh, iTunes and Google Play. So it's good for your iPhone, your Android, and now you can take the Conspiracy Show where with, with you wherever you go. So, uh, wherever you're listening in and however you're listening in, it's great to have you aboard and thank you. Very excited about tonight's show as usual. Uh, but this next guest, I have been trying to track her down for quite some time and she is so busy. Uh, she, um, she's, uh, always on the go and she has her irons, as I say, in a lot of fires. Uh, Mary Sutherland is uh, an author, a researcher focusing her work on consciousness studies, ancient history and unusual phenomena. Uh, she's really a hands-on researcher and the creator of one of the world's largest websites on the Internet. It's got hundreds of pages uh, providing information on the paranormal, UFOs, ancient races and their cultures, sacred sites and PowerPoints of the world. The website, incidentally, is called BurlingtonNews.net. BurlingtonNews.net. You want to check it out. Um, did I mention she's also investigating underground tunnels and cave systems and dimensional worlds and she's into metaphysics and everything. Mary Sutherland is into everything. Uh, now get this. The governor, the governor of Kentucky actually commissioned her as a Kentucky colonel. That's an honorary appointment uh, for her work on the ancient sites of Kentucky. And we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, all her spelunking adventures down there. Now for the last five years, she has been exploring, mapping, and documenting uh, the ancient underwater structures of Rock Lake near Aztalan. And for the last 14 years, uh, she's been documenting the ancient sites around Burlington, Wisconsin. Now, Burlington, Wisconsin, I don't know. It's it's one of these places. It's um, It might be a, a portal, perhaps... Uh, Perhaps the veil there is getting very thin. I don't know. But something about Burlington, Wisconsin, it's a good place for Mary Sutherland to be because they have just such a whole, uh, a wide assortment of paranormal activity there, including uh, UFOs. It reminds me a little bit of uh, of the Skinner Ranch uh, and also parts of the, um, the Hudson Valley uh, that Rosemary Ellen Guiley has been on the program to talk about. Just so much uh, happening in, uh, in, in and around Burlington, Wisconsin. In re- uh, regardless, truth is is Mary's passion, and uh, she believes it's through truth that we'll break ourselves free of our present entanglements in life. She says that when we become free, we will create our own personal story of the hero's journey, which is, uh, of course, suggested by Joseph Campbell. And uh, she's um, she's such a person. Uh, she's a natural-born networker, and all she does, from her Burlington Vortex conferences and sci-fi cafe to her public talks and uh, published books, uh, including her latest, which we're going to talk about, The Red-Haired Giants. Mary Sutherland, how are you? Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. 
Well, thank you for having me on. I've been looking forward to this. Likewise. Maya, you have a lot of irons in the fire. And before we uh, get started, I just want to mention a couple of conferences coming up. One of them uh, is the Chicago Dark Shores Ghost Conference. That's happening in October. What else is going on? And then uh, Stuart Swerdlow up in Michigan is also having a conference, and I'll be there as one of the main speakers uh, uh, the 9th through the 11th. Uh, as I said, you, I mean, you cover a lot of uh, a lot of topics, but one I want to hone in on uh, briefly uh, off the top: uh, the subject of your new book, "The Red-Haired Giants." I've been fascinated by giants. Uh, I've done a number of shows on it. The Mound Builders, uh, and um, I mean, even even Abraham Lincoln on a trip to Niagara Falls, um, you know, right. mentioned the, the the ancient giants. He alluded to giants that may be in those in those mounds. You were dubbed a Kentucky Colonel. Uh, by the governor of Kentucky for your work in Kentucky, uh, what, excavating these mounds? What are you doing in Kentucky? Well, what we were doing there was uh, we were looking for um, uh, evidence of Atlantis, and we actually found a lot of evidence. Uh, we actually found a, a temple up on top of a, a high mountain. It took us like three hours to climb through or through uh Briar bushes and facing rattlesnakes or whatever, you know, but we finally got to the top and we found it. There was um, a temple of the sun up there as well as a temple of the moon. And then underneath the temple of the sun, there was a cave. And you could see that there had been um, steps carved down, going down into the cave. And it, the whole side of that wall just glimmered with silver. Just an amazing sight. And you could see, you know, the the carved blocks, and we found statues and statuettes, and oh, and, and a lot of Mayan stuff. Really, but of course, the mound builders were the precursors to the the, the Mayan and the Aztec civilizations. Well, let's talk so. about these uh, these red-haired giants and um, uh, evidence for them. There's, of course, uh, you know, the if you go into the archives of, of reputable newspapers, you know, like the New York Times uh, and and other local newspapers, just replete uh, of stories of discoveries of these giant skeletal remains. Uh, and all yet, around the world. Yes, and yet, and particularly here in, in in our own backyard, here in North America, and yet, uh, we don't see these on exhibit at the uh, the Smithsonian or anywhere else. First of all, um, give me some examples uh, that, uh, of evidence of, that you've come across in your research that would tend to suggest that that this continent was at one time inhabited by these this race of giants. Well, there's a lot of written evidence, as you mentioned, and uh, with my book, The Red-Haired Giants, I focus on a lot of the ancient texts, and I went into, um, once you know the, the, the ancient name of North America, it's not really that difficult to start finding information, and at one point in time, North America was called Pushkara, hmm. and through Pushkara, um, that, that's Brahman. And uh, and that takes you right to the Mahabharata and the, you know the Vedic text. Right, right. And in the Mahabharata, it speaks about the the giants, the the sorcerers or the nagas, you know, the serpent people of North America, call, called at that time uh, Pushkara. They also called it Atala. And and when and and when do you suppose uh, these red-haired giants landed on our shores? 
Well, um, I'm putting together a new book. It's hopefully be out in the next couple months, and I'm going to go in further detail from uh, my book, The Red-Haired Giants. But uh, um, these, we can date these people, uh, you know, right to Atlantis, and uh, and you know, of course, in the Battle of the Gods. Um, you know, like uh, let's, for example, um, we know that Troy now exists, right? Sure. And at one point in time, you know, they said that uh, Troy was just a myth. And, uh, you know, when you go into the Battle of Troy, you realize, you know, as, after you start studying it, you realize that that was part of the Atlantean War, which was the War of the Gods, the Titan Wars. Right, right. Uh, and the Titans, of course, was giants. Well, we'll, we'll uh, exactly. We'll, we'll tie it together with Atlantis in a, in, in, a, in a few moments. But I want to just remind listeners: Mary Sutherland is with us, and her website, BurlingtonNews.net, fabulous website, just filled with hundreds and hundreds of of pages of information uh, for those of you that are into uh, basically anything alternative, uh, uh, ancient uh, wisdom. And uh, right now, we're we're focusing on her her new book. The Red-Haired Giants. Mary will be appearing in Chicago at the Dark Shores Ghost Con in uh, October. Uh, so the accounts that I have read, uh, and these uh, uh, skeletal remains discovered in these, uh, not only in burial mounds, but also in caves. Some of these individuals, uh, as uh, eight feet tall and, 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 uh, and more, uh, what can you tell me about anything unusual about them? Like, did they double rows of teeth? I've read about that. An extra digit on each hand and each foot. Right. Um, and then um, you had asked me earlier about the evidence. Um, we have uh, giant skeletal remains that have been found in Delavan, Wisconsin. We've also found these um, uh, giant skeletal remains um in um in the Atsalon area which is like Lake Mills Wisconsin uh, over there by uh, Rock Lake and so uh, you know we do have the skeletal remains to prove here in Wisconsin you know that that this that these um these um uh giants walked the earth and they were the mound builders and uh i mean are these on exhibit somewhere where would we go and see these well, unfortunately, they're not on exhibit anymore. We've got the pictures, you know, that was taken, and uh, and I'll be showing them in my upcoming book. Uh, this this one uh, though that we and I and I and I actually do have some evidence of my own. Uh, I uh, you know through excavations, you know, I've I've gotten uh, 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 like petrified fingers, you know, just small re- just just small remains of these giants. But uh, I do actually have some artifacts here that I'm going to have on display at the at the Swordlow Conference. And it's going to be the first time they've ever been explay or you know exhibited. Oh, fascinating! And and I was correct yeah. when I said two double rows of teeth and and six digits. Uh, yeah. Double rows of teeth, uh, you know, the six fingers, you know, on their hands, each hand, and uh, six uh, on their toes. You know. All right, we're we are coming. And, uh, we're coming up on a break here, Mary. Um, let, let me um, let me ask you a quick question, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll get to it after the break. And that is, uh, you know, there. We, we do have people that are uh, exceptionally tall. Um, I'm not sure what percentage of the population, but we have, of course, you know, uh, uh, people playing professional basketball that uh, are, you know, upwards to seven, uh, seven feet tall. Uh, how do we um, differentiate uh, a, uh, this group of, this race of giants from just, uh, you know, 
uh, tall, you know, extraordinarily tall individuals uh, or a genetic mutation. Uh, well, actually, that's our living proof of these giants because that uh, their their height, their double rows of teeth, you know, the the six digits. That's brought on, and the red hair. That's all brought on by a, a recessive gene. All right, we'll take a time out. Come back, Mary Sutherland, the red-haired giants, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is the Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Mary Sutherland stays with us, and uh, the website again is BurlingtonNews.net. What's happening with the uh, the Sci-Fi Cafe? You're moving. No, we moved. Oh, you have moved. Yeah, you have yeah. moved. Uh, we uh, closed that down in uh, March, and uh, we relocated to uh, Winslow, Air, or Winslow, Illinois, uh, which is about two hours from Burlington. But we still do our tours there in Burlington, and you know, and carry on some of our work. We just we prep, we're doing just about everything we always did, except we're just not. We just don't have the cafe open. Because, um, you know, I wanted to dedicate more time to my research and, and the writing of my books. Right. And uh, the cafe took up seven days of our, you know, seven days a week, and we'd done it for like ten years. So, you know, it was just time to kind of close down that chapter and start a new one. Uh, Wisconsin is uh, is certainly a hotbed for, um, you know, these, these mounds. We're talking about the mound builders and, and uh, the red-haired giants. Uh it's interesting because in um, on the shores of, of uh, I believe it's Lake Superior, uh, and that would uh, border on on uh, Wisconsin, I believe. It does. Uh, there is supposedly uh, um, I've never been there, but I've heard tale of, of a huge copper mining operation uh, that that goes back obviously pre-Columbus. Uh, were the red-haired giants involved in that at all? They were. As well as Solomon, because a lot of the copper that was mined from there actually went to, you know, uh, went to uh, for the purpose of uh, uh, the building of uh, Solomon's temple. Wow! So we are talking about uh, the ancient Israelites. We are talking about that far back. Yeah. And it's interesting because the the Bronze Age uh, that took place in in Europe, not enough uh, copper in Europe. Uh, that would have explained, you know, that that a revolution really. Uh, so that copper had to come from probably the shores of Lake Superior, correct? Well, uh, when they shut down the copper mines here, you know, in the Michigan, Wisconsin area, uh, that ended the Bronze Age. Isn't that fascinating? Because, yeah. I mean, because so one has to wonder have, how the, the size yeah, of the. That, Go ahead. That was yeah. They the. We were producing the the purest copper in the world and the most. So, yeah, yeah. that's where that was, all that uh, that's what um, that's what ended the bronze period. And think of the size of the the vessels crossing the Atlantic. How large they would have had to have been in order to carry all of that copper over there. And what year are we talking about, roughly? What what era? Well, you know that that that's the that's the big question, isn't it? Um, I, I, I kind of stand by the 10,500 BC. It was all still going, or it was all going on, you know, um, and what the date for Solomon and his temple, you know, um, mining the, the, the copper at that point in time. I mean, that's always been up in the air, you know, as far as the date goes for Solomon. But, um, 
you know, um, I, I just can't tell you when the, the, the mining date would have been for Solomon, but right. I do know that they were, they were, uh, they were mining 10,500 years ago. And these, uh, red-haired giants, uh, there are accounts of them, um, by the, uh, the Native Americans. Uh, what did they mm-hmm. call, what did they call them? Oh, geez. Uh, well, for, um, the, the Indians in this area called them the Hokadesh. And which, um, in the, and, uh, and they described them as, uh, giants with red hair. And that, uh, were the population as thick as the leaves on the trees. The population and is builders, wow. And builders of stone, which would, indicate that they were also and we found and we have found pyramids in this area so we do know that they were actually building pyramids and stone temples as well wow a population as and not only did they have earthen mounds but they were also uh they also were uh, uh had stone mounds Interesting. Very few in existence anymore, but uh, the stone mounds actually predated the earthen mounds. Were they a warrior uh, a race? Were they a warrior uh, civilization? They didn't see. I don't really think that they were, but um, you know, um, they they had you know they had the weaponry you know to protect themselves. Uh, a lot of their cities had these uh, walls built around them, you know, for protection from, uh, you know, the, the uh, you know, warring fa- uh, tribes that was coming across because there was a, uh, there was a great migration coming out of, uh, out of uh, Asia and, you know, and they ended up uh, uh, exterminating a lot of the mound builders or forcing them south down into Mexico. So, you know, there was battles. But I think that they were more of a peaceful type of a people, um, you know, that, you know, uh, had the ability to protect themselves. But, you know, and uh, there was, like I said, there was wars that broke out. And I tell, and that's what the, my book, The Red-Haired Giants, is about, is about the extermination of, you know, the extermination of these people and their migration down into um into Mexico and Central America, South America, where they started up the Aztec and the Mayan civilizations. How could a group of people that were so physically, um, uh, you know, so huge, and and, and presumably there would be strength to go along with that uh, size, I mean, I've heard legends uh, of them being able to pull trees out from their roots, but I don't know if that's apocryphal or not. Um, I mean, you would think that they would have been formidable, a formidable enemy if someone tried oh, to take them Oh, they were, but, you know, they, um, but we, the enemy was also formidable, you know, um, and, you know, there was more of these people coming in that migrating into North America, and, um, and it, there was just, too many of them, you know, for them to fight, and so they eventually just gave up, you know, and um, and started moving south. With that, and um, there was a complete extermination of these red-haired giants here in North America, or they tried to completely exterminate them, but they wasn't successful at it. But they did manage to get them out of North America down into Mexico and South America, Central America. 
Mary Sutherland is with us, author, researcher, uh, the website burlingtonnews.net, and we've linked up to that at richardserrett.com. Just click on Mary's name, and that'll take you right there. It's an impressive website, all sorts of information. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier about Abraham Lincoln. This was before he was president. In fact, I think he was campaigning for uh, another president, um, and he he made the trip up to Niagara Falls, New York, and uh, made there a very interesting uh, speech talking about uh, how you know spectacular the falls were, and mentioned how the eyes of the uh, you know the the the, uh, the denizens of the those burial mounds once looked upon those falls. Um, presumably, presumably, he was talking about these giants. Right. Now, some people have, um, um, you know, tried to explain that away by saying, well, what he really meant was the mastodon. Um, but, I mean, are we finding mastodon bones in, 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 uh, in great numbers in, in this, in these areas? Are they, are we finding mastodon bones in these burial mounds? Well, we, uh, North America did have mastodons. And, um, as a matter of fact, the, a lot of people make the mistake and they think that the Kennewick man is the oldest man to date, you know, here in North America. Uh, but here in Kenosha, Wisconsin, they found, a, uh, they found a, a, a skeleton of a mastodon in the, in the basement of a museum and the, and they found cut marks on the mastodon. Mm-hmm. And so um, so they realized that the mastodon had been hunted by, you know, this um, early man. And so they brought people in, you know, to do some testing of the bones, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, carbidating the bones and that, and found out, or, you know, they came to the conclusion that the... The, 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 how the date of these people predated even the Kennewick man, thus making, you know, uh, evidence to show that the, the earliest evidence of, you know, man was right here in Wisconsin. Right. But that doesn't mean, you know, that there was, the, that these type of people didn't spread out through the whole United States. It just means that, you know, the earliest dating of man was right here in uh, Wisconsin. Sure. But, yeah, but they did have mammoth. But what uh, Lincoln was talking about, he was talking about the giants, human giants. He was a bit of a and giant himself. Thomas, yeah. And even Thomas Jefferson uh, talked about the uh, the giants. Oh, is that right? I didn't know. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me more mm-hmm. about that. Yeah, he was, the, he was basically the first archaeologist. And uh, and uh, he did a lot of excavation of these uh, earthen mounds, and and they were finding uh, giant bones in there, giant human bones. Is and it, so he was basically the first one to write about them, you know, and do archaeological reports. I would imagine. And I think that a lot of that uh, that Lincoln came across was something that was based off some of the reports that he had read about, you know, from Thomas Jefferson. Interesting. Is it? I would imagine it is very difficult, if not nearly impossible, now to excavate these mounds um, today. Um, and I'm and I'm guessing that may have something to do with, um, you know. The uh, Native Americans, uh, obviously, not wanting, um, perhaps they're laying claim to these and not wanting them to be desecrated or disturbed. Is, is, is that a, a reasonable assessment? That, uh, well, yeah, you, you just, you can't get into these mounds at all. And I don't think even the archaeologists can really dig into these mounds anymore. 
um, you know, they have to use those, um, you know, what those x-rays, you know, I don't know what they call them, you know, that goes over the ground, you sure. know, and, yep. you know, they can, you know, get a, a get some sort of an idea of what's underneath the ground. I can't really think of the name of what those, you know, that equipment is. But, uh, yeah, I don't think that they can really do the digs themselves either, you know. But I don't think it's because of them, you know, whoever it is that's made this decision about it, I don't think that they're really so concerned about the the mounds being desecrated as much as the discovering the information. Right, right. You know, what lays underneath the ground. Yes, indeed, what lays you know? beneath. And, and uh, well, that, that brings us around to the, the, uh, the Lollapalooza question, which is, again, you know, these earlier reports um, um, from the New York Times, again, I, I, I invite people to go to the archives and check this out for themselves. Uh, correspondence between archaeologists and uh, uh, the uh, you know the directors of, of various museums and so forth, saying this is what we found and and uh, there is a paper trail and yet none of these things none of these I shouldn't say things none of these uh, remains are on display. Uh, what's what's preventing them? I ask rhetorically. <laughs> well. One thing I keep kicking myself over and over and over because I had the sci-fi cafe and I, I just I just couldn't take the t- I thought I couldn't take the time and I should have, but uh, I got a call from um, uh, this museum uh, from a curator down in Mexico saying that they had human giant bones and they wanted me to go down there you know and oh uh, do a documentary on it and crazy of me is I, you know, I, I told him I couldn't do it because I, I was stuck at the cafe. Oh, Mary. Which is crazy, <laughs> yeah. And I've been, okay. you know, for years now, I have been kicking myself for it. You well, know, it but, may not be too late. Listen, I, got, I am late for a break, though. We've got to, we'll take a time out. We'll come back, and uh, we have to pursue that. Mary Sutherland was with us, BurlingtonNews.net. I'm back with more right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Question everything. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. We are back with Mary Sutherland. Mary, this is a, a short break, but I do want to pick up on that. You got an invitation from, this was a museum down in Mexico. Right. Uh, and they they had, or they are in possession of the remains of one of these red-haired giants. Right. They invited you down, and you were yeah. kind of busy, but... Did, what other details did they get? Out of my mind is what I was, <laughs> you know, because I, for years I've been kicking myself for it, and I even lost the email on it. But I was talking to somebody today about it, and uh, now that I don't have the cafe and I have more time for my research, what I want to do is go into all my, because I always save all my emails, so I'm thinking about maybe going you know, doing a search for this museum, getting a hold of the curator again, and then go down there, you know, because, you know, that was an opportunity of a lifetime, and I just, I blew it. Well, I don't know. Not, don't I, don't be so sure. You know, there's, yeah. they're not going anywhere, hopefully. But I want to go circle back to my, my original question about the, the conspiracy to suppress this information. Uh, these... Skeletal remains. If the uh, the Native American accounts that they were so uh, numerous, you know, they they rivaled the the leaves on the tree. We then we are right. talking about millions, perhaps millions right. of uh, skeletal uh, remains. Uh, 
I mean, where are they? They've got to be. They were. They, they they were boxed up and shipped off somewhere. Are they sitting in a big warehouse somewhere, or in the? I mean, if you went to the Smithsonian, do you think they're hiding them in the back? Oh, I'm sure that somebody's got these bones someplace, you know. And I mean, there's got to be a lot of them someplace, and they're hidden, you know, hidden from our sight. And you know, and it, and it's not just uh, the history of the giants. I mean, you know. For some reason, our government does, you know, it, it's like they, they run the whole thing like, uh, need to, on, like the military need to know basis, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, we have UFO sightings. Well, you know, they don't give us the information on UFOs. Paranormal, they don't give us any validation on, you know, anything, you know, paranormal. They don't give us validation on, on the cryptids. And they don't give us, uh, you know, validation on, you know, uh, our, our history. You know, it's just, they just won't tell us anything, you know, regardless, you know, if it's UFOs, the paranormal, cryptozoology, you know, ancient history, you know, it's just, it's kind of left up to us researchers, you know, to get out there and find these missing pieces that they might have overlooked, you know, and then try to put these pieces together and, you know, and come up with some sort of a, you know, a story. Well, therein lies, I guess, the rationale for for keeping a lid on these skeletal remains because they do not fit the official narrative uh, that's sort of uh, been spoon-fed us right out of the Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. Well, you know, thank God, you know, that the, the, you know, we have uh, authors now, you know, that print on demand, you know, printing, you know, self-publisher, or, you know, self-publishing authors and that because I remember a time that, you know, an author would have to write a book and then submit it to a publisher. The publisher would only take so many types of books if it fit into the agenda, you know. And um, and then if you managed to get a book published, then it would go to a library and then the library would censor it. So, I mean, up until we had the Internet, we were very, very limited to any information. And now, you know, we've got all these authors such as myself out there digging around, getting information, putting together books, you know, and getting it out there, you know, for people to read. But, um, you know, I, I remember that time that you, it was very limited, you know, prior to the Internet of anything that we were able to read. Sure. And it was very controlled as to what we were able to read as well. Yeah, and we better so, watch it. It, can be, and it, this, it may be controlled again if we're not careful. Well, if they had the choice, it would be. Sure. It, know, it is giving them fits. It is giving them fits. The, uh, the, the, as you say, the amount of information, the kinds of information now available uh, to uh, to uh, people that are very hungry uh, for the truth, whatever that might be. Uh, Mary Sutherland is with and us. And you're right. They, uh, the people are very hungry for the truth because they know that the the history that's been given to them is not true. All right, uh, we're going to head into a break shortly, but when we come back, I, I, I do want to talk about uh, Atlantis and your work in uh, Kentucky. Uh, dubbed the a Kentucky Colonel, no less, by the governor yep. uh, for mm-hmm. her work there. Mary Sutherland, uh, author, researcher. We've been talking about the uh, the red-haired giants, the mound builders, and uh, we will talk Atlantis when we come back right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. News.net. That's the website uh, if you want to find out more about Mary Sutherland. 
And uh, we're talking about this ancient giant race uh, responsible for building these mounds that really dot the continent. Uh, they're uh, all over Wisconsin, places like uh, even at, all up and down the Ohio Valley. Um, and um, who knows, you know, how many farmers, uh, perhaps even up here in Canada, have uh, just underneath their feet are the remains of this uh, incredible ancient race of red-headed giants. Uh, now, uh, there is a connection with uh, these uh, beings uh, to the ancient um, uh, civilization of Atlantis. Let's talk a little bit about that and how what Kentucky has to do with Atlantis. Pray tell. Tell me more. Oh, okay. Um, well, they talk about a flood, right? And they talk about the mountains rising. So going with the idea of, you know, high water level and mountains, you know, people taking refuge, you know, the survivors taking refuge on these mountains, I thought that it would be a great place to look for temples, ancient Atlantean temples. And so um, I went, you know, I knew of this one uh, treasure hunter down in Kentucky that uh, had, uh, he had contacted me about uh, finding some engravings, you know, on uh, the walls. And I looked at it and it looked like it was Olga. So I thought, and I told my husband, I said, let's let's go on down to Kentucky and check that out because I have a feeling that we got we're going to find some ancient civilizations you know or remnants of an ancient civilization down there so we went down there and um and we we found it you know and um and we found the caves you know with the steps leading down into this cave system we found a, a temple of the sun we found a temple of the moon uh, you know we found um uh, uh we found a, a there was a bust we found and it was um oh gosh let me think it's probably about three foot tall maybe about two two and a half foot wide and it was the it was of an ancient serpent priest king and we know it was white you know caucasian because uh it it, it had um the bust showed a mustache but it also showed a headpiece where one, the top, the very center of the headpiece was um, a serpent. You know, the head of a serpent like a cobra? Right. And then falling to, let's see, falling to the right, I believe, of it was the, uh, the scale, it looked like scales of a snake skin. Hmm. And on the opposite side was a feather. And if, you know, you put it together, you know, there's a, there's a feathered serpent. Which is Quetzalcoatl. Right, Quetzalcoatl, that's right. Yeah. And so, anyhow, uh, uh, I took a bunch of pictures of the, the bust and myself with the bust, and uh, I put it in my book. Uh, uh, well, it's in the book uh, Red Here Giants, as well as my other book, Revelations. But, but like I said, we also found statues that they looked Mayan. But, um, and, then we, and then we found, like, discs. There are two that had, like, on one side of the disc um, was, um, like, uh, I'm trying to think of what it was. It was like a panther or a cat right. uh, depicted on one side of the disc. And on the other side of the disc was, um, uh, like, a, you know, like a, a depiction of a, a person's face. 
Hmm. Now, you, you mentioned you, know, you mentioned Kessler. a lot of a lot of interesting artifacts we found down there. Right, but how uh, explain to me um, uh, the connection between Quetzalcoatl, who is you know a Meso- Mesoamerican de- deity? Uh, you, you mentioned the feathered serpent. That's what the name mm-hmm. means. Uh, uh, how what does that have to do? Why do we make the connection between the Mayans uh, and the Atlanteans? Because the, the people that here of North America were Atlantean. Uh, there used to be, at one point in time, there used to be this large sea that ran through the, the central part of the United States, which connected to Canada and to Mexico. And on one side of the sea was, uh, you know, in the California area, that side, uh, was where the uh, Lemurians lived. And then on the other side of the sea was where, you know, um, you know, where the Appalachian Mountains are on that side of the, of North America. That's where the Atlanteans lived. And, um, anyhow, the Atlanteans, uh, they became, um, uh, they, they, right, as their civilization was going on, that's when the War of the Gods took place. And there was, um, and, and mankind was got caught right in the middle and, you know, had to choose sides, you know, and fight for the gods. And there was thermal nuclear warfare and to the point where they said that uh, this, it's written that the sky is caught on fire. And it caused um, an imbalance um, in the magnetics of Earth, which caused a, co- uh, um, a polar flip, and which brought on the deluge, hmm. the great flood. Now, the survivors were, uh, were you know, because I said that the Atlanteans were there, Lemurians were there, and then when the deluge hit, the you know, most people were killed off. But the survivors, you know, of you know of the Atlanteans, they were what we know today as the ancient mound builders. And where did they come from? I mean, you mentioned you know they, they, were, they were the here gods. In, see, I'll stand by what I've said that the North America was the motherland. There, the. Uh, right after, um, let's see, in my book, uh, Revelations, I, no, Lost in Time, I talk about it, um, and I have the references of where I find all my my literature. But um, what happened is uh, the Lemurians uh, set um, their people, the gods of wisdom, to from North America. They sent them to various places around the world to reestablish colonies, hmm. as did the Atlanteans. And, um, and then, so, and even the Egyptian uh, history tells about Thoth. Yes. Um, uh, coming from the western land across the sea. Well, if we look at a map, right across the sea from Egypt to the west is North America. It's not Europe. It's North America. So anyhow, we've we've got more than enough, you know, um, it, which I show in my book. We have more than enough to prove that North America was the motherland. And um, and but then time lapsed, you know, and eventually North America was pretty much lost to the memory. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, 
you know, people started coming across the sea again, and it North America was found. And but it was kept a great secret, you know, by the Phoenicians because of the fact that there it was, um, you know, they were trading, you know, uh, the the uh, resources, the natural resources of North America were so great, you know, with gold and copper and and um, you know lumber, you know, and so they didn't want other people to know about this country, so they kept it secret and they made up stories about. Uh, 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 sea monsters, and you know, at the horizon was the end of the world. You know, and if you drive, if if you, you know, take your ship over there, then what would happen is you would, you know, go off the off the um, off the rim right, there. You right. know, and so they they put all these scare tactics out there. You know, of, of you know, just kind of like what they do today. You know, put the fear in God. You know, of these people to travel to North America, so they pretty much had North America to themselves for a long time. But they also made maps, you know, and eventually as the Phoenicians died out and, you know, new civilizations, you know, kind of took over, some of these people found those old maps. And one of the people that found the old maps was Columbus. Because with Columbus, remember the old nursery rhyme, um, what was it, in 1492? Columbus the, sailed the Columbus ocean sailed blue, Columbus sailed the right. ocean blue, right? And that's what we were taught in school. But they never told us that there was a third line to that, and um, to that uh, that uh, little uh, story. So what it really says is 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue to see if the old maps were true. Ah, fascinating. There you go. We're so you learning think, stuff yeah. right here. Yeah. But I, I, we're almost out of time, uh, Mary, but I did want to ask you this. Um, I had uh, Dr. Melba Ketchum on the, on the program a couple of weeks ago talking about the Sasquatch Genome Project, and I'm wondering whether, do, do you think, um, that Sasquatch may be remnants of this ancient uh, race of red-haired giants? Well, I think, well, uh, from my work, my research, I have found that it, we can trace Bigfoot right back to the epics of Gilgamesh hmm. and Enkidu. Have you, are you familiar I'm with that? Certainly familiar with Gilgamesh, not so much yeah, Enkidu. Yeah, because Gilgamesh was a giant, you know, a ruler, you know, mm -hmm. in, um, during the days of the, the Sumerians. And right. anyhow, uh, as the story goes, he, he was lonesome and he needed a companion to match his size. And so the goddess went to the forest and found the, ha the giant hairy beast that they called Enkidu. And his job was always to watch over the forest and over nature. But the goddess talked Enkidu into leaving the, his world of nature, the forest, and to join up with uh, Gilgamesh. And then, of course, the, the whole epic of Gilgamesh is about him, and Gilgamesh, and Enkidu and their their battles that they they fought. You know, taking over lands and that. And one time, one day, they lost the bat a, a certain battle. I can't remember which one it was, but anyhow, um, Enkidu. Anyhow, they uh, the gods came to or the god god punished Gilgamesh and Enkidu. But, and uh, Enkidu's um, his punishment was to be sent into inner earth. Hmm. 
you know. Sounds like and the story of Adam and Eve, said, doesn't it? Sounds and like Enki Du said that he would never have anything to do with man again. And by the the description in uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, that is Bigfoot. So I think that Bigfoot was a humanoid type of person, you know, like Gilgamesh, except, you know, he looked, where Gilgamesh looked like a giant human, he looked like a, you know, giant ape or hairy beast, you know, but Mm -hmm. was human. And they evolved together, you know, but they went separate ways. And remnants of Enkidu, you know, and his people still exist today. And as Enkidu had stated, they will never, you know, uh, you know, coexist, you know, or work with man again. Hence, they, and that's what they do. They, right. they very they, elusive. You find yeah. them, and uh, but they don't have anything to do with man. Mary Sutherland, a real pleasure speaking with you tonight. Thank you for this. Oh, you're welcome. And we should Thank mention, you for having me on your show. We should mention again, you'll be appearing at uh, Chicago's Dark Shores Ghost Con October 2015. And uh, the website again is burlingtonnews.net. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, be sure everybody to purchase my book, The Red-Haired Giants. You can find it on Amazon. Indeed. Thank you so much, Mary. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Good night. There she goes, Mary Sutherland. All right. My website is richardserrett.com. Let me spell the last name for you. S as in Simon. Y, because I love you. R-E. T as in Tom. T as in Tom. richardserrett.com. That's your portal to The Conspiracy Show. Hey, say hello on Twitter at Richard Serrett. And as always, follow the truth. Thank you.